Hey guys, Trent Copeland here. Yeah, that tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to Moving the Chain. Yo, what's up guys? It's Chad Townsend from Talk of the Town. Hey sports fans, Nick Davis here and you're listening to Moving the Chain. Yeah, welcome to Moving the Chains, episode three. I'm Jamie Sauer, joined by some of the best in the biz, Chad Townsend, Trent Copeland, who laughs every time his intro comes on, and Nick Davis. Boys, welcome to another episode. We're still here. We're still kicking. Uh, of course, we do it for our friends at topsport.com.au, who are along for the ride this year. Chad Townsend, just quickly, you're back at training. Are you able to concentrate at training, knowing that Moving the Chains is recording tonight? Mate, it's been a big day in the office today. First day back at training, been very exciting. But as soon as I came home, went into back into dad mode and then prep mode for the show, mate. It's been a highlight of you know the last three weeks and been really enjoying it with the lads. What about you, Copes? What is it that really uh, puts a smile on your dial with that intro? You're really happy with it, aren't you? Oh, it's more embarrassing, mate, to be honest. I hate the sound of my own voice. And unfortunately, it's starting to happen more and more often rather than my actual play on the field. So... Anyway, Matt, I'm, I'm here for the ride. It's good fun. Yeah, you are here for the ride. And Nick Davis, boys, he's been very busy putting together his daughter's bed today. Nick, are you okay? Uh, are the Raiders still alive? Are they still going to Vegas? Yeah, the Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, we're going. And uh, who knows? I might be there joining them shortly. So we'll see how we go. Okay, boys, on tonight's show, it's pretty much dominated by all the quarterback talk, uh, lack of movement and some of the movement. I want to start with you, Chad. Andy Dalton has been signed by the Cowboys. We're probably uh, we're going to look at the NFC East uh, for topsport.com.au and the markets there. Andy Dalton to the Cowboys. What does this mean for Dak Prescott? Yeah, look, it's a big move by Jerry Jones at the Cowboys. I think first and foremost, it puts pressure on Dak. Obviously, you know, Dak hasn't signed that long-term extension at this stage. He's been franchise tagged for around about $27 million. Um, and if he chooses to hold out and not return to the Cowboys you know, until he gets that deal. Well, basically the Cowboys have just said, well, we don't have a problem with that. We're going to put Andy Dalton in. Now, Andy Dalton over the last season while he was playing for the Bengals, you know, the 13 games he played, he threw 16 interceptions. I mean, 16 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. And Dak threw 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. So, you know, it's a big call by the Cowboys to put that pressure on Dak, on their own quarterback, on their franchise quarterback. But, um, you know, I... From what I understand, both parties are working hard to get the deal done. Copes, a lot of talk was made about Dak Prescott's salary and what he's worth and what the other quarterbacks in that conference, are, in that division are worth. Of course, you know, Carson Wentz is up around that $30 million a year, probably a little bit more. What is Dak Prescott worth on the open market? And does that translate to what he might be worth for the Cowboys? Yeah, look, the tough thing is, uh, particularly in such a big market, I mean, what we maybe don't get in Australia is Dallas is America's team. Uh, so when they don't make the playoffs, all hell breaks loose. So Jason Garrett, uh, he goes. Uh, Dak Prescott, despite being undrafted and how well he's played, it's hard to judge just what he's worth. But the productivity is there. The fact that they drafted C.D. Lamb in the draft tells me that Jerry Jones is walking to the discussion table saying, you know what, we're putting our cards on the table. We want to surround you with stars. Amari Cooper, extension, huge extension. Uh, Zeke Elliott, huge extension. And the last piece to fall, I guess, is Dak. And I think it was good business. Get Andy Dalton there as leverage as a business and say, all right, mate, you know what? We don't have to sign you, but we really want to. 
uh, I thought, boys, one little funny one to finish. Des Bryant, did you see his tweet this week? Uh, nothing against Andy Dalton, but I think he's a great player. Uh, but the Cowboys are extremely out of line. Pay Dak. I watched the Cowboys pay Tony twice without a winning record. I guess the Cowboys doing the QB position a plug-in piece because of the dominant offense. Never short of a word, old Des, is he? No, he's never <laughs> short of a word. Jeez, I, I would love to have seen him uh, still playing. I think he's still... He's, they all stay so fit in retirement, but you look at those guys. AB, hopefully we see him back on the field this year. Nick, ab- about that question, a bit off the back of what Cope said, is it the thinking of the Cowboys possibly like, well, we've got all the weapons... We need someone that's just not going to turn the ball over. Andy Dalton, don't forget, the Cincinnati Bengals, while they didn't win a playoff game, he still got them to the playoffs in a pretty tough division with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So he can get the job done in regular season. Is there maybe a little, little bit of silver line in thinking, yeah, we can get Andy Dalton to get us you know, maybe five, six, seven games. The rest of the weapons around him might do the rest. Yeah, I think um, the points that both the other boys have made are, are spot on. I think Andy Dalton's a, a capable quarterback, uh, and he showed that in a team with, you know, one decent receiver. If you put him in a team with, you know, one of the best running backs in the competition, a great O-line, as Cope said, Amari Cooper re-signs, C.D. Lamb joins from the draft. Look, Andy Dalton is going to be a, a quarterback that can, you know, steer that offense around and get some wins. But I still think Dak's going to get paid. I, I think he's probably going to have to start to understand, well, yeah, I can get big money on the open market, but I don't have Ezekiel Elliott standing next to me. I'm not throwing the ball to Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb. So it's going to be a, a point where, well, I can get the big dollars, I can go and chase the dollars somewhere and not have the team around me, or I can potentially stay here, sign a decent contract, as Cope said, with America's team. And, you know, and realistically, look, they should, we'll go through the odds later on for top sport, but look, they should basically, they should really win this division and, and you know, make the playoffs. Boys, I'll go around and ask you in one word. Will Dak Prescott set the market and be the highest paid quarterback before the season starts Chad no Copes I'll say no but he will get paid Dickie I'll say no but he'll he'll stay at I think yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds with the Dallas Cowboys repeating. Andy Dalton to the Cowboys puts a lot of pressure on Dak, who could be that final piece, as the boys have said. Uh, boys, the Patriots, Tom Brady moves to Tampa Bay. The big questions now are coming around and in our uh, WhatsApp group are, are they tanking to get Trevor Lawrence? Is this, I'll start with you, Copes. This is a bit, your, bit more yours, uh, Ali. You think that they might be tanking or are you thinking that somehow they make a late move here and stay competitive in that AFC? Uh, no, look, I, I find it hard to believe that Bill Belichick is going to tank. Uh, just the way he's run his organisation for 20-plus years. I mean, yeah, he's had Tom Brady uh, and a lot of other good pieces around. But they've still got an elite defence. Uh, the way they've been talking throughout the draft was we wanted to take a quarterback, but nothing value-wise sat perfectly for us. Right off these great teams that have been great for so long, yeah, the AFC, the division that they're in, the Patriots, it's not really a strong division. Hasn't been for a while, which is why they've been able to dominate. Of course, they've been good. It'd be dangerous to write them off if they do not get a, a first-string quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we'd be naive as a sporting world to sit here and think that an organisation with Bill Belichick at the helm has not sat here and been surprised by the fact that Tom Bailey come knocking at the door and walked out. There's been succession plans in place here. Um, he's a smart man, even though his dog sat there and did the draft for him. He's, um, he's a smart man. 
I think I think there's uh, there's moves to be made, and and if you're a, if you're a player in this competition and, and you're looking to go somewhere and you're looking for a home, to be the opportunity to be coached by Bill Belichick will be like going to, like, as you said, the Melbourne Storm or the Sydney Roosters in, in the NRL. The, the opportunities, uh, Bill Belichick will attract good quality players. Who it is and where that fits in, uh, just not quite sure. Did you uh, boys Chad, see that? Sorry, sorry to chime in. Yeah, mate, go. During the draft, did you see Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona head coach, and the setup that he had with the yeah. desert out the back and the mountain range, this huge pool house, and then the comparison between him and Bill Belichick, who was sitting at his coffee table with three old phones that look like iPhone 2s, sitting at a computer with no fuss, and he's got all the rings. Uh, well, just made imagine most. being with married to him, Pops. With, with imagine being married to him. You'd never Go see him. He'd just internet. be the most boring man at dinner. <laughs> you know, he'd be thinking of players and what they're doing. Uh, he's dedicated to his job, but the best of all time. Uh, Chad, you, Trevor Lawrence uh, out of Clemson has dominated the college scene for a while now. But Mel Copper Jr. is reporting uh, today for ESPN that Justin Fields may be the first quarterback taken in next year's draft. Have you, do you, have you seen both these guys? Do you think Trevor Lawrence will translate into the NFL or is he a bit, not Tim Tebow-ish, but certainly uh, on that college level, we can get you know, misled a couple of times on how good those guys actually are until they get into an NFL system. Justin Fields has been uh, successful as well. Yeah, look, to be honest, Sally, I haven't seen much of Justin Fields, but I've seen plenty of Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson. And I guess his record speaks for itself. Uh, Davo Sweeney at Clemson has produced some outstanding plays in the NFL. And Trevor Lawrence is one of them. He's you know, shown over the last few years that he you know, can produce at a high level. And obviously, he's got you know, next year still in college. And then there's no doubt he'll de- declare for the NFL draft. So I think you know, whichever team has the number one pick, it's going to be a big decision. But I guess time will tell. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence still has that one year to go. You know, he's got a year to prove you know, what he's capable of and to show you know, the guys in the NFL, the clubs, the teams, the coaches, you know, are they willing to use the number one pick on a guy like Trevor Lawrence? Hey, boys, uh, just switching up the speed a little bit. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence has dominated enough and he will translate into the NFL. He'll be the number one pick. Fields would have to have a great season and we don't know if we're going to see them this year if they get the chance to play. It might be an altered year where we only see what we've had in the past. And the record that Clemson and Dabo Sweeney and uh, Lawrence have had, you'd have to say that he has uh, his nose just in front uh, to be that number one quarterback. Uh, boys, we put up on our Twitter poll today, uh, moving the chains. Make sure you go on and check it out. Cam Newton, uh, just quickly, we'll touch on it. Does your team want him? Does your team need him? 90% of people are saying no. Uh, I can't imagine that all those people support the, the top teams, especially Nick Davis. He voted no. He's a, he's a Raiders <laughs> fan, everyone. They, they could use uh, Cam Newton. Uh, boys, are we still, I mean, just we talk about it every week, but it's still an, an unreally told story, Nick. Are we surprised that Cam Newton hasn't been more vocal and possibly getting to a team, or do you just think he's got time? I think he's got time, but I think... Well, you can be careful. You say, Colin Kaepernick is still sitting out there as well, and, and I think Cam Newton... I think he's playing it quite smart at the moment. I, I think if he comes out and and tells everyone that he should be on a team and and is the Cam Newton of old, I think then he might rub people out the wrong way. I think he might be, you know, taking a bit of his medicine here. And uh, look, there'll be people out there, and there's teams out there that are going to want, you know, there's spots for Cam Newton. Look, if he turns up in 
in Vegas, I'd get a new jersey, but... Uh, <laughs> he'd so, be the number one selling jersey. I'm telling you, that black and silver, he'd be the number one selling jersey in the competition straight away. Um, he would. I, he I'm would. Just, so, but I, but I think... I think um, I think the way that and you've seen and we've all seen how Colin Kaepernick how that sort of played out. I, I just think Cam Newton doesn't want to be put not in that basket with his political stance by just being too big and too loud and then putting teams off by that. Yeah, Chad. Uh, one of our Twitter questions, one of our Twitter followers, Pistol Roberts, uh, Pete Roberts, has the whole entire league binned Cam Newton, or are we just waiting for the right spot to open up? Yeah, look, I definitely agree with uh, what Dickie said. I think he's playing this smart at the moment, Cam, by, by staying hush-hush and, you know, waiting his time. There's no doubt he's going to be in the NFL somewhere. Obviously, as Copes brought up on the previous episode, that he's going to need to take a haircut wherever he goes. There's limited cap space, and a lot of the teams that do have cap space don't require necessarily a quarterback. So for Cam, I think he, he goes somewhere as a potential, you know, backup, takes a haircut for one year, and then, you know, maybe signs with another team you know, once there's a, I guess, a starting quarterback option open up for him. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that unfolds. Just on that, just one more. It could be similar to what Mike Vick did when he sort of came back into the year. He came in and sat at Philadelphia as a backup quarterback and then he was able to then play a season and a half and then sign another big six-year contract. So it could be a similar storyline to how Michael Vick got back in. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how his ego treats it as well. Uh, we move on now uh, to another Twitter question, but it ties into our next segment, which is uh, the Chicago Bears and their fifth-year option with Mitch Trubisky. Copes, uh, you're going to run us through the fifth-year options for quarterbacks, but uh, Rob Navy Blues, Rob G, has asked uh, just quickly, who will be the starter for game one for the Bears? Will it be Foles or will it be Trubisky? Well, the short answer, I think, is it'll be a genuine competition in camp if they can have camp. Um, but the one thing that this tells me is not that the Bears are completely out on Trubisky. It's just the $24 million that he was going to be paid in 2021, had they picked up his fifth-year option, was just too much to commit to uh, when he could possibly have been their backup at that point. I think, look, you wind it back a couple of months and the Bears would love to take back that trade for Foles, I reckon, with the fact that guys like Cam Newton are sitting out there on the open market. Andy Dalton just fine, signed a small deal. Uh, as a backup, and also Jameis Winston. You know, all of those guys probably present greater value than Foles at the moment. But, uh, look, I'm not surprised one bit that they've declined that option. Uh, And I think it could work out better that they get a restructured deal should he win that competition for the starting job. Boys, just let me run through a few of the other fifth-year options. Uh, And then I might throw to you, Chad, afterwards on one of the biggest ones for me, not just quarterbacks, uh, but the obvious ones that were exercised, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, who's a quarter, cornerback for the Saints, Jamal Adams, a safety from the Jets, and Christian McCaffrey signed that huge extension. Um, Trubisky, as we mentioned, Solomon Thomas, the 49ers, declined that option, but he was only playing 41% of snaps, so not surprising in that star-studded uh, D-line that they've got there. Leonard Fournette declined by the Jags. OJ Howard, somewhat surprisingly, exercised by the Bucks, given that they've just signed Gronk, uh, Brady um, and Gronk. But the one for me, Miles Garrett. Uh, the Browns exercised that fifth-year option, no doubting the talent, but that Mason Rudolph incident with the helmet last year. I mean, where do you sit on this, Chad, from a Browns point of view? The talent, clearly, unbelievable player. Yeah, look, I think it's a... It's a- 
good option for us to take Miles Garrett fifth year uh, contract up. I think that incident in you know Pittsburgh was it was devastating. I think he, you know we can yeah. all remember him hitting Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet. Um, there's no doubt that Miles Garrett has talent and he's probably our best defensive player in the Browns, but. If he's going to continually do that stuff, you know, I don't think there's a place for him in the NFL. I think his suspension was probably warranted. He did, you know, sit out the rest of the season. He was um, fined, you know, an extreme amount of money. So, um, you know, while his actions were, were, were devastating, I think, you know, if you bring it back to what he's produced, been able to produce on the field, and at the end of the day, the NFL is a results-driven business, and Miles Garrett delivers on the field. Boys, I don't think if it was in the NRL, I don't think we'd ever forget it. I reckon in the NFL, it's just that they've forgotten it. I mean, there was, yeah, not forgotten it, but there was talk straight away from some of the biggest people over there, you know, six games. If someone did that in the NRL, and fl- the equivalent would be probably fly kicking a person in the head while he was on the ground <laughs> at marker. You'd honestly get 10 years. But in the, in the NFL, they understand that it's a, it's like the WWE. It's a show. People pay lots of money to see their stars on the field, to see the show. They understand how it all works, which is why they're the number one money-making business in the world in terms of sports and lead the way. Uh, Boys, we've got a couple of fan questions here. Uh, This one's to you, Copes, uh, from Alex underscore Paul with a double L. Uh, Denver has put out plenty of weapons uh, in front of Drew Locke, but can the kid play? How does the addition of Melvin Gordon impact and Philip Lindsay's output? How does that help Drew Locke and the Broncos this year? Uh, look, I'll start with the Melvin Gordon one. And I think what it does is it really polishes their offense. Uh, and it really, you know, Philip Lindsay was an undrafted guy or a, a late in the draft guy. I can't remember exactly where he was taken, but uh, he has significantly exceeded all of their expectations. And Royce Freeman, who was a good draft stock, sort of put on the back burner. So um, Gordon comes in as a, a three-down back, a complete back that will likely take over most of the pass-catching duties. Um, but they can literally put both of those guys on the field and know that they can both make plays. They can both run between the tackles. Um, and defences have to, uh, I guess, respect the fact that if they're both on the field, either of them can play either role. The one that for me is Drew Locke himself. The arm strength is there. Uh, the talent is there. But uh, what concerns me is when he took over last year, the Broncos went really run heavy and they went really short passes only to Cortland Sutton, basically. So can he, uh, I guess, facilitate the fact that they've just drafted an absolute stud in Jerry Judy? They took another wide receiver in the second round. Uh, Can he withstand the pressure of being a full-time starter in an offense that has superior talent to what he was there with last year and a little bit of expectation that comes with it? My answer is no. I think he's going to fail. Yeah, the Broncos, I mean, since that Super Bowl win and Peyton Manning, they haven't been able to get it right at the quarterback position. They've gone through uh, plenty. Another team that was in the market, uh, sorry, in the news recently, Nick Davis, for quarterback news, uh, the Green Bay Packers. A question here from underscore Denny Forbes, underscore again. That's Denny Forbes. Uh, He wants to know, with Green Bay's addition of Jordan Love, what effect will that have on Aaron Rodgers? I think it'll make him better. I honestly think he's uh, he'll be the MVP of the league this year. Um, I think it'll make him a better player. And I think we've seen teams of understanding that you need good quarterbacks to win championships. So Green Bay, it's not a, it wasn't a shock to a lot of people in the, the Green Bay team that they 
they went for the best player that they thought was on the board. And now if Aaron Rodgers comes out and they play well and he stays, well, then they've got leverage um, later on. They've got another good quarterback sitting there. But I think it makes him a better player. We, we spoke about it on our other podcast, Sweet and Sour, that uh, every year the, the teams seem to draft it as a small forward that was going to take my spot and um, and every time every year the Dragons drafted a young halfback so um, look I, I think it makes him a better player I, I think he'll be the MVP of the league this year Aaron Rodgers yeah well Chad just to quickly double down on that uh, we're talking about of course the last dance I know we're NFL podcast but the last dance and the Tony Kukoc uh, you know Olympics and how that went down with Pippen and Jordan I'm sure you boys would be no different uh, when a young guy comes into the squad you're trying to take his head off and trying to destroy him because one, he's trying to take your spot and two, he could be trying to take your money as well. It's no different for anyone in any sport, is it lads? It was just sort of heightened by the fact that it was probably so ruthless back 20 odd years ago. Uh, 100%. I think Dickie, that answered that question, you know, perfectly. I think, you know, bringing in guys in your position, it really does motivate you to get better. And at the end of the day, you know, it's a it's competition. You've got to compete. You're competing to win. You're competing to start, to play. And if if the organisation brings in a guy in your position, it's like, well, you're not getting my spot. I'm going to work my absolute backside off to make sure that, you know, I get the contract. I'm playing the games. I'm playing well. I'm doing everything I can. So um, I agree with Dickie. I think it's a, a, a big move by the Packers, but I think it makes number 12 in Green Bay. I'm no doubt he's sitting at home and he's fired up, ready to go. And I think you'll probably see him connect with Devontae Adams all season long as a sign to show the Packers organization that, hey, you didn't draft any other talent for me to throw to. I'm just going to throw to Devontae Adams all year. Yeah, Copes, you probably would have been that young guy uh, trying to take the position of all the guys at New South Wales. Um, well, how, how does it feel, mate? Do they give you a hard time? Yeah. Oh, tell you what, look, guys like Brett Lee and Stuart Clark, arseholes. Arseholes. <laughs> they, they didn't make it easy for me. No, I'm only joking. And I'll tell you what, now, when I, I see the likes of uh, Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins come through, uh, thankfully for me, they just leapfrogged very quickly and went straight into the test side. Uh, and it didn't, it didn't stop me playing for the Blues for too long. But, no, you're spot on, boys. I think professional sport, I think largely fans watch on and look at things like the draft, like everything should be perfect and everything should be in the here and now to win right now. Uh, but we all know that uh, organisations, and particularly uh, as big as the NFL is, it's such a bigger picture than that. Yeah, boys, uh, look, I totally agree. I just think it was blown out of proportion. And you want to retain your spot no matter, you know, if you're in the starting team or not. You want to be in that starting team week to week. Uh, time now, boys, to look at the NFC East in our uh, market this week. Thanks to our sponsors, topsport.com today. You make sure you log on and uh, go to Tristan and the boys. Do it responsibly. Have a little bit of fun. Be safe with it. But uh, topsport.com today, you, they've got the future markets out for the NFC East. Uh, boys, Cowboys 210, Eagles 228. Giants eight fifty, Redskins twelve dollars. Nick Davis. Yeah, look, it's um, look, it ended up being one of the worst divisions last year. They uh, they uh, the Cowboys ended up, you know, eight and eight. Eagles won last four in a row to get to nine and seven and, and get that spot. So, um, and it was a long year for the Redskins and the Giants. But look, I, I think obviously here with the Cowboys at two dollars ten, uh, with everything that we've spoken about, I think that if uh, if the, the Dak Prescott signing comes through uh, and everything seems pretty sweet there before camp and whatnot, I think they, 
they're um they're a dollar ninety. They're a, they're a less than even money chance to win this division. Uh, but I think the red I think the Redskins will uh, will win more games than the Giants this year. I I just think that um that the Giants have got a, a heap of rebuilding to do. So uh, in this market here, look, I, if you think that Dak's going to stay, I think the two dollars ten is a, is a really good odds at topsports.com.au. Uh, Chad, what about the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, the, I know they didn't get, uh, they didn't have the weapons last year, but they still made the playoffs, and the Cowboys seem to get in their way year in their own way year after year. Two twenty eight, probably a little bit short, but certainly with a nibble. If you think the Cowboys might struggle, especially if Dak doesn't get that deal done. Yeah, look for me, there's there's no doubt it's a two horse race here. It's um, you know whether the Cowboys can make the most of what they've got at the moment. They've drafted really well. They've got some amazing pieces in place and. The Philadelphia Eagles, it's always, you know, it's one or the other that, that usually wins that conference. So I think it's, it'll, it'll come down to the quarterbacks, no doubt. It's going to be if Carson Wentz can have a good year or does Dak Prescott sign his extension and has another good year, it's going to be out of those two. For me, I think it's the Cowboys. Yeah, look, I yeah. think the Cowboys, look, Dak stays. They got my, a lot has been mentioned about Dak and the draft, but the Cowboys were the new head coach as well. Uh, could really turn this side, you know, take him to the next level. Yeah, Mike McCarthy copes. Uh, $2.10, boys. If I mean, if you are listening to Moving the Change or watching it on YouTube and you are on topsport.com, $2.10 seems long because we're all in favour of the Cowboys here. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, I think it all hinges on Dak Prescott. If, if he's there, I, I'm not just saying that they're going to make playoffs and win this division. I, I reckon they're giving it a good shake to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, if they can get C.D. Lamb up and running quick smart, I think they're then in a situation where they can withstand some of the injuries they've had in previous years. They've got Dalton to step in if Dak was to go down and then all their skill position players are all set. So, And that's a competent defence. It's not elite, but they'd certainly be one of the teams to beat. The, the thing for me, though, Dickie said it, Washington, I reckon they're going to surprise a few people this year. Chase Young's going to make waves in his first season. Uh, and new head coach, Rivera's a smart cookie. He's done some really good things with Carolina in the past. So uh, I think they'll surprise a few. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, boys, those odds, thanks to our sponsors, topsport.com.au. And Tristan's just actually texted me, uh, boys, Nick Davis has declared Aaron Rodgers the MVP for this year. So if you go on and join uh, and, and have a little wager on, on Aaron Rodgers, they will give you the best price. They may little pump it up a little bit. Uh, I'll have to tell him that uh, back before he uh, says anything else. So, boys, that's another episode <laughs> of Moving the Chains. Make sure you download some of our other podcasts. Uh, Copes is everywhere on Channel 7, eventually still getting ready for the Olympics. Only a year and a half to go, Copes. Uh, Nick Davis, ABC Radio every Friday night. And Chad Townsend, uh, he's going to be back on our screens full-time because he's going to be back in the NRL. And, of course, talk of the town every week. You can get that. We're all good podcasts. Uh, sweet and Soured uh, is my podcast. But make sure you download Moving the Chains. We'll see you next week.